This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 327, Client Spotlight with Brant Greathouse. Create a business that makes a difference. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey guys, what is even better than a five-star review on this podcast? Well, it's actually sharing it with a friend. More people find podcasts because friends recommend it than any other way. So hit that share button in your podcast app and send this episode to a friend right now. Let us know you did, and we'll send you a copy of our favorite book, Free of Charge. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode. I got a question for you. How do you create a business that not only makes money, but also makes a difference? How do you care for your employees, your customers, your community? How do you deliver value and excellence in everything you do? There are some pretty powerful companies out there doing some pretty meaningful work. One of my favorites, this is an oldie but a goodie, was Tom Shoes. They really opened my eyes personally to what a company can do in the world. They used the one-for-one model where every pair of shoes they sold would trigger a donation of another pair of shoes to a child in need. Now, they also take care of the environment. They offer clean water, helping with safe birth and vision care for people around the world. But what about Warby Parker? They revolutionized online glasses retailing, which you know I could have never imagined buying glasses online before them. They also do the buy one, give one program, similar to Tom's Shoes, Every pair of glasses you buy, another pair is donated to a person in need through a nonprofit. Now, interestingly, and I like this too, the company, Warby Parker, also trains low-income entrepreneurs to sell eyeglasses in their own communities. So this is helping to build a small business entrepreneurship skill around the world. So cool. So if you're a business owner, how do you balance profit and purpose? How do you create value for your customers, your employees, and society at large? In this episode, I'm talking with Brant Greathouse, who's really on that mission. Brant has over 17 years of experience in real estate investing, market evaluation, property analysis, due diligence, finance, and business management. He has overseen more than 250 real estate transactions. He's managed more than 1,200 units, and he's established financing for all acquisition and debt restructuring of his assets. He's also coached and educated his entire team to do the very same, to create thriving communities uh, in these mobile home parks that he helps develop. Brant went from being an entrepreneur with tons of student loan debt and financial struggles, that sounds familiar to my story, to being a successful investor and a business owner. He'll explain how he changed his mindset in this episode about money and became more open-handed and generous with it. He'll also teach you how to find smart investments that offer low-risk, high reward, and how to manage risk rather than just avoiding risk. Importantly, Brant is a bank-on-yourself revolutionary. He's a client of Lake Growth Financial Services. He's also a business owner. And you'll hear in this episode how he made the big decision in his business to help employees take advantage of the bank-on-yourself concept. They prioritize taking care of their employees at his business. And they believe that happy and fulfilled employees are going to lead to very satisfied customers. We're going to get into a particular wealth building strategy and an instrument called a 162A plan. 
Now, this is a plan that allows your employees to become bank on yourself policy owners. He'll explain how he applies the concept of meaningful capitalism in his business, which involves taking care of his employees, his customers, his community, and how you can make smart decisions just like he does with his business. So this is an episode just chock full of valuable information, practical tips. So make sure to listen to the very end to learn how Brant Greathouse has become a leader in meaningful capitalism. Brant, welcome back to the show. Hey, glad to be back. It's good to good to be with you. Absolutely, man. Brant, before we get into the content I wanted to cover today with you, take us back to maybe one of your, maybe not the first memory with money, but a meaningful memory you had where money obviously was impacting your life and where you wanted to go next in life. Yeah, absolutely. So love the question. I I'm one of those guys that's always been sort of entrepreneurial. I've always kind of had a a mind for business and and uh, looking for opportunities, ways to help people and and solve problems in the world. And started with a really humble beginning in business. I was able to start out early on with some little small business type things. And then I went off to college and became really poor. You in college, you yeah. just become poor because you you know you might work like a side job or a side hustle or something, but Ultimately, you're there studying, and so and uh, and college is expensive. I don't know if you guys know, but um, <laughs> you know. So I graduated college, had quite a bit of student debt, and was working at Cracker Barrel as a waiter. And just had finished with my shift that day, had made a you know a pretty average amount of tips. It wasn't anything very impressive. And this guy asked me for some money. He needed. He needed uh, some help and for some reason. And I remember this very vividly because I had recently had an injury that cost me $13,000 in medical bills. And at the time I didn't have, I didn't know how I was going to pay for that. I had my, my first son was on his way and I was trying to just make ends meet. And I had the decision at that point to decide how I was going to think about money that really put put me on a trajectory that's really stuck with me throughout the rest of my life. And that is, you know, am I going to be tight fisted with money or am I going to be open handed and generous? Mm. And just, you know, and and that was a really hard time for me to open my hand and and extend a hand to somebody else. But fortunately, was able to overcome my first knee-jerk reaction, which was to kind of say, I don't have anything available right now. I've got a, got a bunch of school debt. I got a big uh, medical bills and all these kind of things that I'm preparing for. My son coming to the, to, into the family, and I could have done that. Instead, I just decided, you know what? It's just money. And yeah. I can always make more money and some people need, you know, need help now. And so that, you know, that kind of shifted. And then from that point forward, I just decided I made the decision that money is not going to be hard in my mind anymore to make. And and truly making money is not the hard part. The the most challenging part is learning how to keep it. And and uh, Mark, you've taught me a ton of lessons on tax strategies and other strategies that allow for building wealth and in an environment that allows you to keep more of what you make. 
Well, what a great story, man. I, and I could see myself in your shoes there, but you know, I think we've all been there to some degree or another where we had to make that choice. Are we going to remain tight-fisted with our cash or will we open our hands to give even when we can make all sorts of excuses not to? And it's so amazing how our children sometimes can be the ones that inspire us to be generous. Uh, and they realize that money is just a thing uh, and it's not you know, something to worship. It's also not something to serve. And I've seen people who are dirt poor who serve money. And I've seen people who are very wealthy serving money. But when we have that correct attitude toward money, like you just shared, boy, that's a great encouragement, man. So that's very cool. Well, that's also kind of bringing me to what I wanted to ask you, which is what are you working for today? You know, if not the almighty dollar, <laughs> what is the purpose of all the, all the good work, the hard work you guys are doing at True Star Capital? And more more specifically to you, Brant, like, why are you doing what you're doing? So you're trying to tell me that there's something more to work for than just money? <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, uh, 100% there, there is. You know, as an entrepreneur, I have been uh, an entrepreneur on a mission. And this is something that is ingrained into True Star Capital's DNA, our culture, the 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 way that we operate is we're I'm constantly encouraging my team to live and work for a purpose that's larger than ourselves. Um, there's certainly a lot of things that we all want to enjoy in life, and that's great. You don't have to give away every single dollar that you make, and you know you can really enjoy a lot of really fancy and nice things. Go on some really pretty spectacular vacations or, you know, create some magic moments with your family or um, your, your, your wife, your kids, uh, or whatever you're wanting to do in life. But whatever it is you want to do, you want to also be about something that's bigger than yourself. And ultimately, if, if all it's about is making more money, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have gone before you and I that have said, hey, don't don't fall for that trap. It's not worth it. Uh, you're going to miss out on the most important things in life. Um, being able to help and serve others and be able to help and serve your family. For me, what I'm working for is taking whatever I've been given, whether it's knowledge or resources or relationships, and I want to steward those things in a way that, you know, that I would say I could be proud of. And so to me, that means doing sometimes things that are uncomfortable and, you know, maybe even perhaps, you know, it could be considered as risky in order to ultimately have the long-term rewards that come along with doing the things that are uncomfortable up front. So stewardship of relationship, stewardship of your time, stewardship of your talent, stewardship of whatever it is that you treasure in life. And we're going to come back to that idea of stewardship, I think here, but I want to know, you mentioned risk and putting things in at risk, putting things into an, un, or yourself even into an uncomfortable situation that brings up investing in my mind. What about investing? What does that word mean to you? How does that fit into your mindset of abundance with money, but not just with money, with all all that you've been given. Well, you know, the the common thought out there is that if you want to have a high return or a high reward, you're going to have to take a lot of risk. And 
on the other side of the table, if you want low risk, you're going to only get a low reward or a low return. So first of all, that might be true in a lot of investments, high risk, high reward, low risk, low reward. However, there are investment types out there that are smart investments with low risk and high reward. And we call those asymmetrical risk reward investment types. And so you're looking for something that allows you to manage risk because life comes with risk. And, you know, our objective as investors, you ask, what does investing mean to me? Uh, as an investor, your objective is not to get rid of risk. Your risk, your, your objective ought to be to manage risk and to find things that have risk that are that is more or less within your influence mm. to be able to to manage. And so, you know, I like looking for investments that I know I know what levers that I can pull, and it's not completely out of my hands. It's not somebody else's job to to uh, run the investment completely. Uh, so I, I personally like to look at investments that that allow me a little bit of uh, hands-on and uh, that I can wrap my mind around what I'm tangibly investing in. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you brought up the word influence there, that you can influence your assets in various ways. I make a distinction. I'd like to know your thoughts on this because you and I have a, a similar mindset. Grant, regarding money and, and investing and, and more, I always say you never want to take unnecessary risks. And then I also have a saying to a lot of clients, I'll say, hey, you can control less than you think you can in your life. Mm. If you've ever been to the ER, I have, you know, you know that sometimes things are outside of your control, mm. um, but you can influence more than you think you can. And there's a counterbalance there. So how do you pick the the right investments things that give you the the levers to pull on without feeling like you can control something that you may not really actually have control over you know uh, is there is there a thread you've been able to thread that needle in your yeah yeah well i'm i'm so glad that you picked up on that language because i mean it's very intentional i talked about influence rather than controlling the fact is is that there's only three things in life that people can control period. Hmm. And, and that is, you get to, you get con to control who you trust. You get to control what things mean in your circumstances. You know, when, when circumstances that are out of your control happen, you get to decide what that means. That's good. And mm -hmm. you get to decide what you're going to do based yeah. on your current circumstances. You're, you're well, that's gonna, good. You know, so all of that ultimately those are the things that are that are inside of your control. And so the distinction as an investor is you don't want to try to control something that is not controllable. Otherwise, you're going to live a life with a lot of stress. And unfortunately, a lot of people do. They're very stressed all the time about their money. And so rather than trying to control it, how can we influence things? How can we influence and the, the way to do that is focusing on those three things that you do have control over. Who are you going to trust with your, with your investments? Who are you going to trust to give you sound advice? What type, you know, who are you going to trust when they're telling you about different assets or uh, types of uh, investment opportunities? And then when you find yourself in a, uh, in a 
challenging circumstance, you know, what are you going to do about that? What does it mean? Are you being challenged in a new way? Are you learning? Are you growing? Or are you being punished? And, it, you know, and and you get to decide what it means. And so anyway, yes, I do Loving think that. there's a lot of opportunity to influence. And ultimately, you want to use that to manage risk rather than avoid it. Who will you trust? The interpretation of events and how you react to what happens to you. That's a writer downer, guys. If you haven't already done so, take a moment, write it down, because that's a good one. Uh, not just for money, but in all areas of your life, you know, your health, your relationships. So that's good, man. What does this all look like at your business? You're an entrepreneur and you run a successful, very successful business. Tell me what this all looks like in practice. Bring it down the ladder some for us. This is, you know, highfalutin philosophy, cool stuff, but bring it from the mindset down to the practical. How does this work at your business? The quality of your company is based on the quality of your team. And so we spend a lot of time pouring into our team, all of our employees, teaching them wealth building principles and uh, principles for, for doing life in just a way that, that seems to work better. And so we, we have implemented a lot of tools. And one of those tools is a tool that uh, actually you introduced me to a while back. Uh, it is the 162A plan, and it is a it is a part or it's a method of becoming a bank, you know, for for the bank on yourself model, mm -hmm. and we utilize that as an executive bonus plan that allows us to instead of doing sort of a more traditional 401k or an IRA or any multitude of different retirement types of accounts. We're utilizing this as that type of account. So we're actually putting money into uh, these policies for our employees. We're teaching them how to think like a bank, how to invest like a banker would invest, how to mm -hmm. all of these things we've talked about, asymmetrical risk reward and stewardship and, you know, being able to do something meaningful with with your wealth, all of these concepts we teach, and we actually teach it in a in a program called Servants Leading Servants. Hmm. And so ultimately, if an employee comes into True Star Capital, one of the ways that we are intentional about, you know, being on mission, so to speak, is pouring into our very own people. I mean, Yes, we pour into our customers, and I'll talk more about that in a minute, but we pour into the people that are running the the the, the company. It's kind of your and, first line of customers, isn't it? Your employees, right? Absolutely it is. It's in, And that's the best way to think about it is that's your first line. If they're not healthy, your customers aren't going to be served well either. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people come into True Star Capital and when, you know, we want them to stay forever, but- Eventually, you know, people are going to move on at different times and different seasons of their life. And when they do, we want them to ultimately leave in a better situation financially, a better situation in their relationships, a better situation spiritually. And any other way that we can add value to them, we want them to grow personally. And so this 162A plan has been just so powerful because now people aren't coming in thinking like, an employee just trying to get a paycheck, they're actually able to start adopting and putting into practice 
financial tools and investing models that are thinking long-term that's setting them up to have legacy wealth for them and their families. That's So great. that's been so powerful and it's changed and transformed how when they take ownership of their role in this company, their, their desire to pour into the company because of how much the company's pouring into them is just tenfold. I know we have a lot to cover, but I want to ask just another quick question and uh, maybe give a little context for what is the 162A plan. So, and for folks that want to get a whole episode on this topic, go back and listen to episode 177. I don't have them all memorized, Brant. I promise I have to look them up. <laughs> but 177 <laughs> digs deep into the 162A plan. What is the 162A? Well, you know, really, what is the 401k? It's the same tax law. It's just different parts of the big reference book of the IRC, the Internal Revenue Code. And it just so happens that 401 subsection K is where we get the 401k from. That's where it came from. So go flip a few pages back to 162 subsection A. And yeah, there's this thing called an executive bonus life insurance policy where the boss, you, Grant in this case, or the business itself will pay into the life insurance policy as an employee benefit. And if the employee wants to, he or she can chip some money in too. That money is then, you know, available, liquid, accessible in various forms for the employee to use while they're still, you know, working with you, if you wish. Uh, now, if they leave too early or something, there can be some restrictions on how much they keep, you know, to help retain that employee. And that's what makes it valuable for you as the owner of the business. But from the employee's perspective, now they're getting this liquid bucket of money that they can use for their kids' braces or sending their kid to college or rehabbing their kitchen or, heck, investing in real estate, which we'll talk about. So lots of things the employees are made better with, not to mention the death benefit on that life insurance is not nothing. You know, that's going to support the surviving family should that person pass away. God forbid. It, it can happen. So in this, in these moments, we ask ourselves, what kind of employee do we want working at our business? Do we want an employee who's riddled with credit card debt showing up to work every day because their 401k is locked up for 20 more years? And so they had to get a bunch of credit card debt <laughs> to you know, pay for those braces. Or would it be better to have an, a fleet of bankers arriving at, at your office Monday morning, uh, having paid all their bills on time and they're managing their cash flow? They're using their policy properly. These are things that I think could change the face of the American business landscape and really the the really the nation uh, if they really in, input some of this into the if we replace the 401k even with just a tenth of the 401ks could be replaced with 162a plans. Imagine the world and how it would change. Anyway, there may not be a question there, Grant, but any comment or feedback on what I've shared. Oh, uh, several things, but I, and I won't take up too much time, but I, I'm just going to say the flexibility of this compared to other options out there, like a 401k is, is unbelievable. I mean, there's true, there's truly a, just a wide array of different wise and smart ways to utilize this that helps people in a financial way. And ever since we've set this up, and that you and your team helped me set this up, Mark. My team here has just been uh, so grateful. Mm. The comment has consistently been, man, I mean, I don't think I could go anywhere else and work for a different company that's going to truly take an invested interest in, in helping me in the ways that this type of program helps. 
It's it's absolutely phenomenal. And I mean, you mentioned for employee retention and you mentioned for these things, I mean, for you uh, business owners who may be listening, my goodness, there's there's not a better way to to build a strong team and a flourishing team than to truly do what's in their best interest and give them something that is a gift like this. And, and honestly, it's not, it's, I mean, you normally would be doing something in a more traditional method anyway. This is just like a, a more advanced option. So well, in my you, you know all about, thank you for those kind words. And it's really you guys setting it up. So I'm just here to help pass the paperwork back and forth and build the plans and that sort of thing. But you're, you're taking the step. You're bringing the, the mindset that you had outside that Cracker Barrel right into your business today through counterintuitive, open-handed, generous approaches to life and money. And this is just one more example. Now I want to talk about more of that with you. <laughs> I mean, you've got you've got quite a few people that you're serving beyond your employees. How do you how do you take care of your customers in ways that you know sort of reflect this mindset of open-handedness and willingness to give and to steward? Well, so it's just like I said, you know, if you're not first taking care of your employees, then your customers are going to suffer. And so, you know, at the end of the day, every business is in business because they're providing some sort of value. And it's up to our team and our, our the company and the, and the people that run it to deliver that value on time. And so in, in my business, we own and operate mobile home communities um, all over the country. And we've got, so we have a unique opportunity to serve people in kind of a way that a lot of companies don't get a lot of uh, opportunity to do so. And that's providing a house, providing a roof over people's head, providing a stepping stone. And, and ultimately what mobile home communities is, is an affordable housing. You know, the average single family home in the United States costs $467,000 wow. for a single family home. That's not affordable, guys. I don't know. Yeah. You, you can do some of you at home. You can uh, do the math. Uh, the monthly payment on four hundred sixty-seven thousand is not small. And one out of five people in the United States live off of twenty thousand dollars a year. So wow. that's a single income, and and maybe maybe the household has two incomes, so forty thousand dollars a year. So you know that. The most monthly payment for a house that that income can afford is about 550 bucks a month. So you're looking at a, a fifth of the country, 20% of the United States can only afford $550 a month. And there's just not enough affordable housing out there. So what people end up doing is they end up renting class B or class C uh, rental units, maybe it's an apartment or maybe it's an older house or something like that. And unfortunately, that's that's what they're able to afford. What True Star Capital is able to do in these mobile home communities is we've created an ability to have a pathway to home ownership. We're, we're, we're creating communities where people can live in a in a safe community that's family friendly and it's clean and it's a way that they can own rather than rent. And so I don't know if you're listening on and knows this or not, but helping people be able to have home ownership is one of the single greatest tools to helping lift people out of poverty that there is hmm. um, because, you know, they're going to have to live somewhere and 
they're either going to be renting or they're going to own. And so, and owning is always a cheaper monthly cost. So not only is it cheaper to own on a monthly basis, not monthly payment basis, but part of your payment goes towards principal, paying down and building equity into something, into a home that you own and can one day sell and recoup your investment and then to put that as a down payment towards something new. And so we've got we've put a lot of programs together that allows people in all different demographics with different credit scores with you know perhaps they either have a small down payment or or even no down payment and we're able to set them up on a plan that helps them get what they need in order to own a home rather than keep renting. And we've had the comment so many times, man, I thought I would never be able to have own my own home until I met you guys. And so now they're able to come into a, a community and have home ownership. And so, you know, you're really doing a good job when, you know, you, you're meeting your, your move-in quotas every month. And on top of that, you've got people who are organically moving their you know, maybe they already own their home, their mobile home, and they're moving it to your community because they like your community better than where they're currently at. And that's that has to do with the standards we set. We're serving them in an outstanding way. And that's just a, that's a whole different mindset or way of thinking. This is much better than just a handout. This is a hand up, as they say, and you've given the investors a sense that, hey, I want to be a part of something more meaningful than just dumping money into some sort of BlackRock or Vanguard or whatever index fund. So describe that. to You've, you've kind of, I don't know if you've coined the phrase, maybe you have, uh, meaningful capitalism. So first of all, plug for your podcast, make sure to mention that because it's awesome. But what is meaningful capitalism? Yeah, well, we started that conversation on our Meaningful Capitalism podcast just to kind of have conversations around doing things in an intentional, purpose-filled way. Uh, when you kind of shift into that meaningful, purpose-filled way of doing business, it, it changes your paradigm. Your, your mind actually automatically starts seeing opportunities to, to be outstanding every time mm -hmm. that you wouldn't have probably seen otherwise. You can't, you can't buy your way to to number one. It comes from truly being outstanding. So love it. That's kind of what we do. That's how that's in the DNA of True Star Capital. Love that, man. I, I love the concept of outstanding. It's the pat on the back. It's the job well done. It's the handshake from your fellow man uh, saying, you helped me live a slightly better life today. Uh, and they consider you outstanding as a result. Uh, so you're doing a great job. You're helping so many people, both your customers, your employees, your investors. Tell us ways we can reach out to you, get to know you better, understand your philosophy better, Brand. I know there's going to be some people who are very intrigued with what you have going on there. Well, yeah. So you can, uh, our website is truestarcapital.com. You can reach out to me. My email is brant at truestarcapital.com, B-R-A-N-T at truestarcapital.com. And, you know, we have got, uh, we've got materials that I'd be happy to share with you, the, the servants, leading servants, and the, uh, the kind of the, the materials that we teach and train about kind of a, uh, a way of doing life, a way of running your business that allows 
your team to be to operate in freedom. Your allows your team to take on a paradigm of serving everybody rather than looking to be served, and uh, it it, tra- it transforms the entire paradigm in the way that you operate. Love it, man. So much good stuff. And again, your podcast too, Meaningful Capitalism. Your website is truestarcapital.com. And you even gave us your email address. So thank you for that, Brant. You're always just so inspiring to chat with. I know that you've got big things even still yet planned for you, my friend. So get out there and um, let's uh, shake some hands and uh, meet people along the way and hand out with our hands open uh, to see what's uh, coming next. So thanks for coming on today. You betcha. My pleasure. Thank you again, Brant, for coming on the show today. Guys, here are a couple of possible action items and steps you can take. After chewing through that episode, there were so many great ones. I'll just take a few. First, learn more about the concept of meaningful capitalism, as Brant describes it, and how it can be applied in business and investing or how you make your purchases. So you can listen to Brant's podcast. Just search for Meaningful Capitalism anywhere you're listening to this podcast and you'll find it. Next, adopt a mindset of generosity and open-handedness with money, even in challenging times. You you can practice giving to causes you care about, like charities or churches. You can also support other entrepreneurs and investors who are pursuing this idea of meaningful capitalism. So find them and work with them. Put your money where your mouth is. Next, if you're a business owner, Do your very best to provide the same excellence to your employees that you want to give to your customers. You can go above and beyond what other people are willing to do. Provide outstanding service. Not Again, not just to your customers, but also to your employees. Maybe contribute to a 162A plan. It gives your employees the chance to become, like you, a bank-on-yourself revolutionary. So thank you so much, Brant, for coming on the show today. And thank you, everyone, for being part of this revolution. It really is more fun with you together. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.